I'm Peter Medlin, and you are listening to Teacher's Lounge. And if this is your first time hearing our show, good news. It's a really simple idea. We've all had teachers in our lives who helped us become who we are. And every educator we have on this podcast, whether a teacher, a coach, or professor, is nominated by the folks who listen. We want you to be a part of this show with us. So please do tell us about the educators who've inspired you and the folks in your community who deserve a spotlight. You can email us with your nominations and your story ideas at teacherslounge at niu.edu. This week, we are chatting with Susan Foster. She's a second grade teacher at Indian Creek Elementary School in Chabonau, Illinois, and she's been in education for over 30 years and is retiring at the end of this school year. And obviously, a lot has changed in that time, especially with technology, but sometimes she still likes to turn off the computers and go a little bit old school, literally. And I push the TV to the side and we start writing on the board and they just think it's hysterical. These second graders barely know what a CD is and they couldn't even dream of an overhead projector, which makes me feel ancient. But we also talked about what makes second grade unique, the teacher who inspired her and her passion for agriculture education and ag literacy. She does live on a family farm after all. We've got that and so much more in a truly delightful conversation with Susan, one of my favorites in a while. You're really going to enjoy it. But first, we've got a few education stories we want to share. At the beginning of the school year, before any learning can happen, teachers have to build a relationship with their students. But how do you build trust? I talked with teachers at various different grade levels with various different years of experience to find out. We've all been through an awkward get-to-know-you activity, going around the room answering icebreaker questions like, name one interesting fact about you. I'm from a town called Sandwich, so it's never been too hard for me, but teachers can't rely on just those simple activities. They have to establish real trust with their students, no matter the grade level. They want students to give their best and be willing to be a little bit vulnerable, too. And the stakes are high. The teachers I talk to all agree, no relationships equal no learning. Kara Pointer is an agriculture teacher and FFA advisor at Sycamore High School. This is her 21st year in the classroom. And she says one of the first questions she asks her students at the beginning of the year is, what did they expect out of their teacher and out of their classmates? If they say they want a classroom that's conducive to learning, you know, and they want their peers to be good listeners and like, you know, their peers are hearing them say that. Pointer says when students feel they've had a say in the rules and expectations for the classroom, that makes everyone accountable, not only to themselves or their teacher, but to each other. And one of her other strategies is actually about building relationships with parents. Within the first nine weeks of school, I try to email every parent something good that's happened within their child. She says too often, parents only hear from a teacher when something has gone very wrong. Their child has failed a test or gotten in trouble. So that way, if I do ever have to give bad news, they've all heard from me once. And I think that if you go home and your parent says to you, hey, you know what, Mrs. Pointer sent me a really nice email about you in class today. They're going to come back to class and they're going to continue to give me that good behavior. Pointer acknowledges she does have a unique perspective as an ag teacher. For one, she teaches an elective, something students choose to take. So they might come into her room with their curiosity piqued. And she also can have students multiple times throughout high school. And she's the FFA advisor, which allows her even more time to connect with that group of students. 
Michael Buckner teaches fourth grade at West Elementary School in Sycamore. And at the beginning of the year, he has a special activity involving Band-Aids, where he asks his young students to write about the worst injury they've ever had. I put the Band-Aid on the same spot for every single kid. So a kid might say, you know, I, I broke my arm riding my bike. It's like, okay, which arm? Well, my right arm. So I'll put a Band-Aid on their, on their right arm. And then the next kid might say, yeah, I bumped my head when I was jumping on trampoline. And then I put the Band-Aid on his right arm, too. So this is an activity where I, I treat them all the same when they shouldn't be treated the same. So this is a way for us to like talk about how I might treat this student completely different than this student because that's what they need at this very moment. Go up a few grade levels from Buckner's fourth grade class and you'll find Katherine Katz. She's a Sycamore Middle School art teacher and students cycle through her class every quarter. So every nine weeks, all new students, all new relationships to start cultivating. And she has to get to know them quickly and she needs to invite them to make art and be a little vulnerable. And she also makes an effort to remember that these are still kids and it's important to let them play, especially when they're expressing themselves with art. We're working with kids who are 11 years old. Like, they're still young. They need that. Like, they want that, you know, imaginative world still. And so I think not being afraid to foster that, not forcing them to grow up so fast, right? She says one of the perks of middle school, which also makes it an especially turbulent time for so many, is that the kids change a lot over just a few years. From sixth to seventh grade, they can be completely different people. When I think about starting quarter and I do get those kids over and over, I look at it as a fresh start for them. Of course, time and experience in the classroom have changed her perspective, too. She's a mom now, and over the years, she's gotten more confident asking her students tough questions that can seem simple, like, are you okay? Do you need help? Back in fourth grade, Buckner also knows that building relationships is delicate. As hard as it was to build that trust, you can lose it in a moment. And it's not just the beginning of the school year. They have to show students every single day that they care. And these teachers say that if they don't, no matter how good they might think they are at teaching fractions or phonics, it'll be hard for students to take anything away but that they didn't care. And the Mexican holiday Dia de los Muertos, or Day of the Dead, was this Wednesday and Thursday, and I got to learn more about how one Northern Illinois high school is teaching its students how to celebrate and honor people they care about who've passed on. Turning down the hallway near the Spanish classrooms at Winnebago High School, the lockers have transformed. Golden marigold flowers adorn the swung open doors. Colorful construction paper covers them, along with papel picado, tissue paper with intricate designs cut into them. And inside the lockers, Winnebago High School Spanish four students have created altars, or ofrendas, to honor loved ones who've died. There's a picture of me and her when I was like a baby. That's Emma. She's a senior at Winnebago High School, and she's building an ofrenda for her great-grandmother. She passed when I was, like, seven. Besides the flowers and papel picado, they all include pictures of their loved one, a biography they wrote in Spanish, important items, heirlooms, and their favorite foods and drinks. Emma's got a Coca-Cola in there for her great-grandmother. It's a moment where students like her can share a different side of themselves and honor the people they loved and lost. They can be vulnerable in front of their teachers and friends as they stop and look at the locker of friends. I hope that they notice that like, I'm very fortunate that I got to meet a great grandparent. Some people don't. So I hope that they take away that like, if you were in the same situation that you should feel like grateful for it. 
Andrea Sotelo is a Spanish teacher at Winnebago High School. And she says they've been doing this project for about five years, and this year they have around 45 ofrendas. It's a very personal side of them, and it's, it's a great way to make a connection with them and share with them. Yeah. Um, in the past, every year, I usually put up my own ofrenda in the classroom. So every year I kind of share with them what's on my ofrenda, so they get to learn about me. And so when it comes to this, I think they're okay with sharing with me because I've already shared with them. She says some of her students, many of whom didn't know about ofrendas or Dia de los Muertos before her class, realize it's a slightly different way to look at death. It's not Halloween. It's not scary. It's a way to celebrate the people you loved, who they were, and what they loved about life. That being said, it's hard to talk about death, and so many are still grieving. So students don't have to make their own ofrenda. They can make one about a celebrity, artist, or athlete who passed away, or they can contribute to the community ofrenda they're working on. Zotello guides me through the decorated hallway as students put the finishing touches on their work. They all have to have some sort of candle on them to light the spirit back. You see countless pictures of aunts, uncles, grandparents, even pets. A cross, a microphone, playing cards, a photo of Elvis, a box of pasta, and a Bible. She's got her, um, her aunt's nurse gown, her aunt's glasses, even the keys to her car, um, and then her picture there in the back. She's got some of her old jewelry in here. Pictures from when she was, uh, from years ago, from when she was um, a bowler. She really went all personal with this one, and you could tell it was special to her. On Monday, Sotelo's Spanish students took a trip to the Ethnic Heritage Museum in Rockford to see the community-wide ofrenda buildup. Sotelo says she hopes her students take the lessons of Dia de los Muertos with them after they leave her class. That just because someone you love is gone doesn't mean you stop celebrating their memory. And you can find pictures of those locker ofrendas over at WNIJ.org. All right, now it's time for our conversation with second grade teacher, Susan Foster. She starts off telling us about how she began her career teaching even younger pre-K students. Enjoy. I really started with those little, those little kids. And uh, I, I tell myself I, I have graduated up to second grade. And now that I've been in second grade now about 14 years. So yeah, I'm curious, like, you know, I talked to obviously teachers from the entire spectrum, right? Like pre-K and early childhood all the way up through, you know, college professors and folks like that. And I actually don't know if we, I think actually we, we've had only one or two specifically second grade teachers on the show. And okay. I was thinking, I was thinking back, of course, like, cause this is my perspective. I was thinking back to what my own experience was and like who my second grade teacher was, what I remember about it. And I'm curious, like what to you specifically about second grade stands out, you know, like what makes that age and that perspective special to you now that you've, now that you've been in the grade for 14 years or so. Right. You know, um, uh... I really enjoy this age because they are at a point, they're kind of, a, they're at a transition point in their education. Uh, from first grade, you know, uh, they're, they're still really uh, enjoying coming to school, coming, seeing their friends, um, and, and having that joy uh, and experience of learning new things. Just and, the newness of everything. Yes. And, you know, they're now 
and in second grade, they've also gained more maturity and more um, independence. So they're experiencing that part, that side of the school where they're like, oh, I I can do this independently. And, and they're being the, um, I guess, the release of, I'm, I'm putting more into their hands for them to kind of create, you know, in their writing, in their um, reflections of things. And I think that's what I find so um, great about a second grader. And, you know, as they go on to third grade, they are becoming even more independent. So it's just, they're at a great uh, transitioning part of that really new and joyful part of schooling, but also the becoming the more independent and mature uh, student that is maybe even finding their passion of, of what they are really, um, they're really interested in. You start to see that foundation yes. set and you start to see, even see, yeah, some of those passions start to right. develop. Right. Yes. And that, that makes it exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really interesting about like thing, people settling down and it being a transitory period. Cause I think about like, uh, when you talk to elementary school teachers and specifically about like reading, they talk yes. about what a crucial turning point it is when you go from like learning to read to reading to learn and it sounds like that's right. kind of what we're talking about we're, we're that at that right. handoff where you know yes. we've got some of the fundamentals down and now it's time for you to get creative with it and find yes. out what you like with all that right and you know and i think that's what we we really look for as a second grade teacher finding because of course there's going to be students who you know like you said with reading for example it's maybe not their most uh fun thing or they are kind of still timid with it they're still a little afraid of it and so as the the guide in the classroom it's it's kind of finding what it is that is going to ignite a little bit of um, energy for them to to go to the next step and and really find oh well i can do this and it's because now i'm i'm finding out more about rockets or you know whatever it is that um they're passionate about I know I've had students that they have just, it's been, you know, so hard and difficult, but then when they discover maybe a series of books or maybe in science, there's something about, you know, the planets or I, I'm drawing a blank right now, but um, even dinosaurs. Dino and, I was about, I was literally, Susan, I was just about to say dinosaurs. Maybe, yes. again, maybe that's me projecting because I think that was a big one for me in elementary school for sure. Yes. And so, you know, you are going to want to find out all these facts. And then when they realize they're actually, you know, they can read these facts or just even putting them in small bits on a poster board or, or creating some little... Um, booklet that they want to share it really helps change their uh, minds or their little perspective on i i don't like reading you know or i i just i'm not a fan of school but when they find 
um, something that really is going to ignite them. And that's that's our job. A lot of times as a teacher, we that's what we have to do. We need to help them find what they're passionate about, or at least steer them in the in the direction to look. <laughs> yeah, that has to be really exciting when you start to see those first sparks and you can yeah. start pointing them in those right directions and kind of feeding that fire. Right. It's it's really it makes my heart smile when uh, a student will come in all excited, maybe after the weekend and they have, you know, found a fact on something or they were on a hike and they bring something in. And, you know, it just their enthusiasm for something that they have discovered and kind of made a connection with what we might have been talking about at school. It just it just warms me. And you're right. It just really, that's the exciting part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking back again about my elementary school experience and just like finding all of the dinosaur books to check out of the library, you know, like once you yeah. find out there's like a section about it and you're like, great, I get to get all of these right. now or like uh, ba or like baseball or things like that. Yeah. There were really passions for me at an early age. <laughs> I was thinking about, I remember, I think it, it was, it could have been second grade. It could have been third grade. I can't remember specifically, but we had like a, you know, like a student of the week thing where you had a show and tell where you get oh, to sure. bring in a few artifacts, a few things that are special to you. And I brought in, you know, one of my like kind of like early t-ball or baseball like trophies that I had. Oh, yeah. And I, I was I was up at the front of the class and I was talking about it and I was showing off this trophy and I dropped it while I was talking oh. and, it and it broke on the oh, ground. No. And, and I was oh. like, no, oh my God. It was like such a oh. horrific, you know, dramatic like, right just like everyone is i'm literally at the front of the room as everyone's watching and i'm like picking up and i was able to like glue the corner oh. of the trophy back together oh. but i was like oh this is perfect of course as soon as i like stand up in the middle of the class and yeah. i drop it immediately oh. Oh, gosh. it was okay we ended up getting the trophy back together we we, we 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 salvaged the situation but it is funny again to think back about like those first moments where they yeah. asked you to get in front of the classroom and be like tell us about your Yourself. Tell us about the right. things that you love. Right. Yes. <laughs> we, you know, we still do that in second grade. We I'm glad. I'm glad. Hopefully, a... hopefully with fewer broken trophies. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you know, I would, I would say you were a problem solver because you, you <laughs> muddled through and you figured out how to fix your trophy. So that's true. And I still talk to people for a living. So that yes. didn't completely break my confidence. Right. <laughs> that's right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So it's always good to be a problem solver. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You, you, we mentioned that you teach in Indian Creek, and you said in second grade for 14 years. How long have you been at the district in general? In the district, this is my 21st year. Wow, and so yesterday, or last year was, was the big 20-year mark. Yes, yeah, so this year I am retiring. <laughs> no kidding. Congratulations. Yes. So, so you're on your, this is your farewell. This is your victory tour. This is my farewell tour, but I keep saying it as the year's going on, well, and it's only been four weeks, I yeah. think they should have put me out to pasture. I don't know. Oh, you know? no. <laughs> you feel like you've lost your fastball or what's going yeah. on? Well, you know, I, I'm trying to keep up with this technology and I, I still have my difficulties with it, but 
We muddle through. We do okay. Listen, listen. listen. We, we'll, we'll get there. You've made it 20, 20 years. We can make you one, especially over the last couple of years of technology. I think we can get you through one more. <laughs> I, I'm hoping that's what my, my, uh, my coworkers say to me all the time. Oh, you're fine. You know, they're always telling me I'm fine. But I'm like, oh, my gosh. Do you know? So, so when I started in I and I would have been when I first started I was in first grade in this district and I remember the big hubbub was oh, yeah. this big it was a box computer and all that we could use like all we were expected to do with it was do attendance and then the students oh there were like little like games you would like push into it like like uh it wasn't really a CD, I don't think, but in it, you know, they were only on it maybe for, uh, you know, it would be a, a maybe a reward or, right. a oh, yeah. time. but I remember the other teachers. So it was my first year and the other teachers were just all up in arms that they had to put their attendance on this computer every day. Oh, and, disgusting. You know, yeah. Yeah. And I didn't have a problem at that time, but I was like, if you would have told me I was going to have, you know, five devices teaching from <laughs> only a screen, I probably would have laughed. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. It's, but, it's honestly, it's really funny for me to think about because like I, you know, I graduated high school 10 years ago now. And I think about like, I, I think I was in like fourth grade by the time I remember using any computer at school. Mm -hmm. And it was the same thing. Like it was like a reward where we'd like go down yes. to the library and play yes. the Oregon Trail games where, yes. you know, your character would die of dysentery trying right. to get over a river or something. Yes. But and like or like a hooked on phonics type of game. Yes. But then like and then by the time I got to high school, it was like they would wheel in these giant carts that had like a couple laptops on them. But they would they were like the laptops that were still like 25 pounds that you yes. could like drop and accidentally yeah. kill a man with right <laughs> but then but then so like that happens and like i feel like that wasn't that long ago like i'm still pretty young i'm still I in my 20s ten, right but like but like the technology has fast forwarded so quickly right. in that short time it's like completely unrecognizable from even I when i was in school it feels like so yes. you what i'm saying is you've done a great job staying with the curve i think <laughs> I, I, well, I, I have made it. Uh, yes. And I have never refused to not do something because I'm like, <laughs> you gotta know, you gotta know how to do it. You just have to keep moving. But you know, a lot of times and well, this will age me too, but <laughs> so we have one-to-one -one devices in our district. Sure. Yeah. Um, and also we, we, we do project onto TVs. Uh, so Sometimes when when I am unable to get my internet to be working or get the video, we go. I I say we go old school, and I push the TV to the side, and we start writing on the board, and they just think it's hysterical that they I'm think writing it's funny? on the board. <laughs> they think they think writing on a board is hilarious. Oh God, now I feel I feel old now somehow. Which oh is yeah, <laughs> writing on a board and it. In fact, yes. And a lot of times I will just say to them, okay, boys and girls, I am forgetting um, my screen isn't moving to, you know, and I'll just ask them because a lot of times they know where the button is that I forgot to push or something, you know, so they, oh, they, they do get a fun little laugh once in a while with me because you know you should bring I, out you should bring out the overhead projector and really blow their minds oh my <laughs> gosh 
I don't even think the younger teachers even would know what that is. <laughs> I, I, but, that's yeah. a, that's a technology that feels ancient at this point. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and oh. I have to be careful anymore because, you know, it used to be if you talked about um, records, vinyl records, no one knew anything. But now even CD, now they know vinyl if you call it vinyl, but right, yeah. uh, like a CD. And I was like, a CD isn't that long ago. <laughs> oh, Yeah. But, yeesh, yeesh. Yeah, know, yeah, it does. Yeah, that has really sped up the the technology in our world has really uh, fast forwarded. But well, I'm glad that you get to go. I, I guess literally old school. Sometimes it kind of has to be fun to exercise those muscles again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And once in a while, and then I get the little little bit of laughter or the ooze. Oh, we're going old school. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's, gosh. It's so it's, you know, you mentioned that. So this is year 21 for you. Yes. This is, this right. is last year pre pre retirement. You're going around different classrooms doing your, your jersey swaps like a like, a, you know, a basketball player or something <laughs> like that. I would I would hope. But so you, you, you said that this is year 21 in the district. So have you been in Indian Creek your whole career or were you at a different district beforehand? I have been at Indian Creek, but my when before um so I have been in education 37 years, but uh, it was preschool. So it was more private schools. Sure, and, sure. Uh, you know, I was in, in the DeKalb area um, and Sycamore area and then then down in Indian Creek because I did do a couple of years preschool um, with my my that was before they really well, kind of grandfathered people in. But um, for sure. Otherwise, yes, as as an official kindergarten through two, I have been at Indian Creek. It's and you also, would, oh, yeah, go ahead. It, it is also where I did graduate from Shabana High School. So I kind of stayed in the area and I really, um, I'm really grateful for that. And I, I like giving back to the community. I like, um, having connections with some of the families and um, just being able to kind of, I just feel like I'm serving the the place that kind of helped me to grow. So uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. That's and that's, that, that's exactly what I was going to bring up actually, is that I saw that, that you and your husband both grew up in the community, right? Yes. Yes. We went to high school together. <laughs> so we're, <laughs> we actually, uh, we we ended up uh, liking enough of each other that we decided to stick it out. So good for you. Also old school. Yeah, there you go. Old school. <laughs> yes, you got it. Yes, and then both of my daughters, uh, they also have decided to go into education. So we've got a lot of teachers in our in our family. So oh no, kidding. So did yeah. they, did you did you know that they were going to go into education or was that something that kind of surprised you? Because I, I I've heard it from both ways. I I was surprised with my older my older daughter um, when she went to school. She had a different path in her mind of what she wanted to do, and um, as she was doing her her education her her college years, she, she really shocked me because she, she switched to education and she has gone to, she's gone on to be a 
high school reading. She's gotten her reading endorsement or reading specialist. Actually, she's a specialist and uh, she's also got a special ed degree. You know, she's just furthered herself. And then my my younger daughter, she kind of had that in her mind from the start of, well, maybe even the middle of high school. So I kind of thought, I, and you know, sometimes as teachers, we're like, oh my gosh, you guys, you want to do something else. Haven't you seen how your mom is, you know, and, and then <laughs> always you know, working and grading papers. Yeah, oh yeah. Or, or just, you know, you just are always thinking your classrooms, your other family, but you know, they said that they really liked how I helped people, you know, it just, it was very interesting, their reasoning and, and even how they talk with me now, when I'll say, oh, you know, I'm not sure I handled this right, or, or they'll say, oh, mom, this is, that's great. You know, like they, they're kind of encouraging me and I'm thinking, I think I'm supposed to encourage you, but uh, yeah. it's just, I think it, it is a really, I feel really good about it. They're, they're both really great teachers and uh, uh, I just, I did not expect it, but. Yeah, that's really fun. You, yeah, you know, and and now you guys teaching, I think, ends up doing that a lot. Where like you're a family of teachers is super yeah. common. And I think about like, so my mom is a teacher. My mom, in fact, just retired last year. So this is her first year of retirement. Oh, and uh, my my stepmom is a teacher. And so even though I'm not like a classroom teacher, the fact that I have found myself as an education journalist, I feel like it's no coincidence, right? Like, so, right. <laughs> of course course that ended up happening and uh, you hear the story over and over that that people's you know parents are often teachers and yeah. I'm glad that it's got to be fun that you guys get to you know talk shop now it's got you know I wonder your, your husband's probably like man I don't know idea whether they're all ta- very inside baseball <laughs> talking about right. teaching <laughs> yes he'll always say okay that's enough school now <laughs> exactly <laughs> Yeah, but that's neat about, I probably need to contact your mom to find out how it's going, how I'm going to do in a year from now. <laughs> you know, she, it was very fun and actually it was very cute to watch because, you know, like, of course she finished up for the year, but you're still used to having the summers off. So it doesn't feel yes. like much of a big change. Right. But then, you know, that first week of school that of yeah. course she still has so many friends that are at her school. And so they're texting each other about how the new year's going. And that's when it's starts to feel really bittersweet is, is when, uh, yes. you know, everyone else goes back, but for the first time you aren't, but, uh, thankfully she's doing well and she's got a, a whole lot of pickleball to, to keep her company Ooh. in the meantime. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that's what, what is going to be kind of fun to do. Just find some, like really expand on the hobbies and, and I'm sure, the time gets filled because when you are used to helping people and, and, and being around people, you just find ways to continue that just a little differently. So that's neat. Oh yeah. And she's, you know, she taught art and music for the latter half of her career. And I think she's, she's like trying to find ways now to, you know, keep doing that in the community in different ways. And I'm I'm interested, Susan, what it's going to look like for you about how, like, you know, helping people and and doing what you do, what that's going to look like in the next chapter. I'm not exactly sure. I mean, people keep asking me and I'm thinking, (laughs) well, I'm not exactly sure. Like, I don't know. Do I want to tutor? Do I want to, do I want to take up 
the ukulele. I've been thinking about that. Do I want to? Oh, that, well, you should. I think you should do that. I mean, you could do yeah. the other stuff too, but the ukulele yeah. sounds fun. And you know, I I really one of my my side passions is singing, and so you know, I was thinking, well, maybe I could go to different um, organizations that like maybe senior centers or someplace and just uh, offer my musical services. I don't know. You know, I'm, I've just yeah. been thinking of how to maybe even give back more when I have the time. So I don't know. Yeah. That sounds really fun. What kind of, what do you like to sing? Oh, I usually, I, I'm really do a lot of Christian music. So, sure. yeah. um, you know, I, I've done many, many choirs in church and I'm also a member of the celebration chorale that is in um, the DeKalb area and that they, they do cantatas twice a year and so I I enjoyed that and I know there's other community there's a Waterman community choir that sings in uh uh oh shoot now I'm not remembering what, oh, <laughs> that's okay. why I, I had to get, yeah. I knew it was like patriotic. So I think it's the, uh, or uh, maybe it's Memorial Day. It might be Memorial Day that we usually have a little, a little ceremony. Um, so I think, you know, just, just finding more places to use uh, maybe talents that could make people joyful. That's that's what I'm going for, and maybe I can rest in between. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, th I would recommend sleeping in in the meantime also. <laughs> yeah, that would be right. nice. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's exciting. I'm excited for you to find out what that looks like. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure, but there's a lot of <laughs> well, possibilities. For sure. That, that's, that's true. That's true. It, you know, and... I was curious too, like we talked about, like with your daughters, you were saying that one of them wanted to be a teacher forever. The other, it came to them a little bit later on. Yeah. What was it like for you? Did you want to be a teacher back when you were a kid or was it something that, that came to you later on in your journey? It did come, well, it did come later on. I thought when I was young, real, well, I'd say real young, I would even say like first or second grade, I always thought I was going to be a nurse. Okay. And, yeah. you know, I, I would be in charge, like if, if a friend fell or somebody had gotten a scrape, I was kind of in charge of going to get the band-aids and, you know, uh, but then something happened as I got older where there was kind of a lot of blood and I was not a big fan. And that's I when like, you're out. Yeah. I am not going to be a nurse. <laughs> so, um, but in high school and uh, well, probably later in high school, I really felt very comfortable around um, ch the children. Like I yeah. really liked um, kind of teaching them crafts. I was very, I really liked to create things. So I, um, I kind of was, uh, I think a, like there was like this babysitter kind of club type thing through 4-H or something where yeah. you could teach kids how to make different crafts. And it just, I, I started thinking that maybe that was an avenue I could explore. And uh, when I went to NIU then, I, you know, you always take your, 
those courses you always have to take at the beginning. Yeah, the gen, the and, gen ads. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, uh, as I was doing that, I really kind of sealed, like, I, I think I, I like, uh, that preschooly age and kind of went that route. And, uh, it just kept growing after I started being a preschool teacher. I, I went and got my master's and wanted to just move on, move on to keep on, uh, helping kids grow and learn. And, you know, I learn every year, they teach me stuff all the time. So, um, yeah. that keeps me going to like the, the day is never, you don't have two days in a row that are the same. So there's, for sure. there's always, there's always something going, going. So, yeah, you know, it's, I'm always interested in like when you discover or you start to find out about what things you might be interested in, what career paths that you might want to pursue Right. There's always a moment where you decide like, okay, I think I want to do this. Mm -hmm. But then there's like an equally important part, which is getting some experience doing it and then like kind of validating that for yourself and being like, oh, you know what? Actually, I think I was right on this instinct and this is something I want to do. Do you you remember if you had any of of those moments where you like you got into college or did anything like that and you're like, actually, you know what? I'm right. We're not changing majors today. Yeah. I feel like when I was doing some, my in-service, and I believe it was in, at Kishwaukee, like they, so I would drive from NIU and go to Kishwaukee, and they had a daycare type preschool, and there was a, a teacher there, Uh, her name was Nora White, and she she was really amazing because she was so um, positive and and just so giving to those little people as well as to the college kids like me that were coming to learn. And, you know, I still can do, I still do one of her stories that she would tell caps for sale. And I can can just, I just can feel her, her uh, energy whenever I read that. And the way that she would laugh and get the children involved in that. And I think it's those that that time period, and those types of moments um, that that really sealed it for me and made me think that this is something I could make a career of. So what was that story about the caps for sale and caps for sale? So it's, it's a peddler who it's really a Russian tale. So I have to always start the, I have to start the story out. Like this is, this is a, a story that has been, um, handed down year after year. And, you know, you say that and it's, so it's a peddler. So you have to explain what a peddler is. And anyway, he has all these caps and he's really, he sells the caps, but one day um, he really can't sell any. So he takes a nap under a tree. Well, while he's sleeping, the monkeys take his caps. 
that are oh, in no. the tree. He didn't know they were there. So when he wakes up to from his nap and he's ready to go back into town to try to sell his caps, he has none. And he's looking for him. He doesn't know where they are. When he looks in the tree, there's all these monkeys with his caps. And so he's just really angry. So it's like a motion where he stomps his feet. So then the monkeys stomp their feet. So then, you know, <laughs> yeah, the students all my, and it goes on till when he's just <laughs> so beside himself, he's just throws his, Oh, he has his own checked cap still on. They left it on his head. He throws it down on the ground and it's just so beside himself. Well, then the monkeys throw all theirs down because they do exactly what he is. And so then he just, it, it's just a That's real fun. funny little thing. And you get, you know, the, the students get involved because they're the monkeys and, you know, it's just, it's a really silly, fun, fun story. And I just, uh, yeah. That's just something that sticks with me. I bet you could still picture that. Yeah, <laughs> I can. I really can. And she had it, it where it was a flannel board. That's when we used flannel board things <laughs> where the kids would actually be able to move the pieces. But it is a book that I still read in second grade. So wow, um, yeah, flannel board. That's that's yeah. even see, more, I'm aging myself. Even more traditional than, <laughs> than than having those overhead projectors. Yeah, you got it. You got it. <laughs> oh man. Well, that's that's actually such a perfect segue because I was going to ask you next. You know, like this this whole show is based on the idea that pretty much everyone, whether they're a teacher or not, has had a teacher in their life at some point, you know, whether it's a, you know, a classroom teacher in second grade or a coach or a professor that like inspired them, someone that helped them become the people who they are today. It sounds like that teacher might've been one of those people for you. You are right. Yes. And, you know, I, I knew you were going to ask that and yeah. I, I was struggling because I feel like so many people touch your lives and yeah. different parts of it goes with you. And so um, in my mind, I was I was thinking of, like you said, different different teachers from elementary school through college. And I think ha the common thread is um, allowing space to be creative being encouraging and listening, but I feel like um, I, I do have a teacher and it would have been from elementary school, um, Mrs. McInerney. She um, was my science teacher in fifth grade. And I think at the time I wasn't as aware of how she touched me. Uh, she was very, uh, very involved with nature, very uh, focused on conservation. And so we would have many field trips and, uh, well, kind of mini field trips because I, I went to a little country grade school. Um, yeah. and, and she would really explain to us the importance of the plants and, and noticing the um, the birds and just things that as a kid, I think I didn't appreciate as much because, you know, kids are full of energy and they're wanting to run around. But as I got older, I still was in contact with her. And as I got older, I found that she continued to be kind of that, um, that guiding force. And, you know, she would ask me, well, how, how, 
is your class going? How are you doing? And you know, well, you know, this is happening and I'm trying to do this. And she always was so positive and um, trying to be reassuring, like, well, you know, what, what, maybe you could try this. Or she even at one point said, well, I'd love to come in and read to your class. This is probably when she was in her eighties. And, you know, uh, so she, I still was, uh, meaning I would still see her when she was in her, she was in her nineties and she invited me to her house to walk around her gardens. And I, I mean, it, it was, such a moving experience for me her she wanted to show me this this uh rose that she a friend of hers had had planted on her farm and um you know i she she kind of had a cane and she was holding my arm but we walked around her whole little yard saw her flowers um she talked about some of the animals and you know i i realized I had realized before, but just walking with her, I just, I told her how much I appreciated um, all of her wisdom and, and just the, the joy she brought to her students. And she never stopped having me be her student. It's kind of what I, <laughs> I had, you know, even though yeah. we were friends and she was inviting me, I was still in her mind. She was still teaching me. And that just, uh, it's something you don't get, you, you don't lose that, that just, that's, that's just, I hope that I have done that with even if I've only done it with one, I hope that I have touched somebody in that manner that she touched me. And, and like I said, nor, I mean, there are just so many, which I'm sure your mom can say, yeah. which I'm sure you can say, you know, oh, there's yeah. just so many people that, that touch you in different ways. And you may not realize it until a month later or even a year later, but it really affects you and it stays with you and it, it helps you to grow and become a better person. And, uh, yeah, that's how Mrs. Mack was. That's amazing. Well, that's, that's, that sounds like such a beautiful moment that you guys got to have. And I'm, yeah. that's, that's yeah. so great that you got, you got to tell her like how yes. much you appreciate and how much yes. that meant to you. Yes, I did. And the funny thing is I had her for fifth grade but she really was a long, long time kindergarten teacher here oh. in the district. So she, I don't even know how many years she taught kindergarten. So I, I was like, wow, I really, that was really special to have her for, for that, uh, that grade, that time, that, uh, that, uh, time period. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, sorry. I, I do tend to talk, you know, uh, listen, you're in, <laughs> you are preaching to the choir, Susan, as someone that <laughs> professionally listens to the sound of his own voice. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, you know, and, you know, speaking of the outdoors and everything, I, I thought I saw that or read that, that you live on a farm, correct? I do. My, uh, my husband is, well, he has retired now. He, he is a former farmer and we live on his family's farm. 
Um, and now the farm ground is rented out, but uh, we still get to enjoy the harvest and the planting and uh, such. So, Wow. Corn or, or beans this year? What does it look like? Um, it's, we, ha- they have both. And okay, there you go. Best of both. Yes. And it is looking pretty good. I think, um, the beans are really turning now. Uh, so it should be, I'm hoping a good harvest for them. Yeah. You know, and, and with that and, you know, farming, I, I, I know you obviously you teach and you live in in a pretty rural area and I was I was reading another uh, story where they did kind of a Q&A with you where they were um, you were talking about how even though you know you live and, and work in a, a more rural community that not everyone in those places has like a deeply personal connection with agriculture and with the land and you know that's something that I can relate to too you know I grew up in sandwich so i grew up in a very rural community and you know my my backyard was a cornfield and so it it was very close but and i have you know family that grew up on farms and lived in farms but it wasn't something necessarily that was you know a big part of my life on a daily basis so i kind of had to grow and kind of discover my own relationship to you know the land and the prairies and the forest preserves and things like that but I saw that you were talking a little bit about how teaching your students, you know, ag literacy and about, you know, those processes is, is something that was important to you, too. Yes, I feel it's becoming more and more important uh, as we become more, I oh, it's just more suburban around here. Um, yeah. and, and I mean, that's not a bad thing, but it's just that kids... Um, they don't, they are, there's a little disconnect between um, where their food comes from and what it is, uh, you know, how, how that process goes from the farm to your table. And I also really try to stress to them, uh, and maybe it's from Mrs. Mack, I'm not sure, but <laughs> I, I want them to realize that they are caretakers of our earth. We we only have one earth, and uh, you know, with, it, it's so important for them to realize every everywhere that they're they're going, they're going to be in charge of. You know, like um, well, one of my this is a this is a pet peeve. I really don't understand why um, people throw garbage out their windows when they're driving. Oh, God, are people still doing that? I I guess they are. I have, I feel like I have seen someone like within the last year do that. It's it's like genuinely confusing to see. I know. It it just, it's a bother to me. My husband thinks I'm nuts because. No, you're right, Susan. I'm I'm on your side here. I'm like, I just, when I was walking down the road, I just cleaned up all this, all this trash. And now, well, we actually had somebody dumped their actual garbage, like garbage bags in the ditch. And I'm thinking you couldn't find a dumpster. Why? You could just, you know. So anyway, I talked to the kids about it's not just Earth Day that we need to think about picking up garbage, you know, because that's always something that is easy to think of on Earth Day. Mm-hmm. But 
I tell them, you know, we need to take care of things, especially our own, our own papers, our own McDonald's, our own, whatever we have. If we don't do that, it's, it's, you know, it's harmful to the animals. If you're throwing it, it, and it lands in the, in the road, the, the animals might be running across the road to get the garbage and they get hit by a car. You know, <laughs> I just, I, I just really want them to real, to realize that we need to think about these things more than just one day a year. And, and uh, so we, we do uh, activities uh, in second grade, a lot of our our literacy from Farm Bureau. I work with the Farm Bureau. They have great programs for um, elementary. They have they have things for middle school, high school, but they have ag in the classroom. And in second grade, it's about dairy and dairy farms. And so um, we try to incorporate um, other little activities throughout the year, but then um, usually it's a local parent or local farmer will come in and talk about dairy farms. And then the, the kids actually make ice cream and oh, it's, wow. oh, and it's the most delicious it every year. I'm always <laughs> like, this shouldn't shock you. You done this every year, but it's the most delicious tasting ice cream. And I think it's just because it's just the, all those raw ingredients ready to go and the kids love it and it really sticks with them. And I think, you know, just immersing them in their, their environment that's around them. I know they're around here. I know some of them understand about farms, but I think we just lose that connect. And so I try, and my partners that teach second grade with me, we, we think of ways to help bring that in. And, and the Farm Bureau's ag literacy has really been um, a huge uh, help in that. They're very supportive of our county schools. And, uh, you know, I just, I'm, I'm thankful that they ha can get all of it's free from that. You know, they, they right. give us all these different supports and uh, they have different kits you can use. Um, we haven't been able to use quite as many as we used to um, back in the day, but uh, you know we still use that resource. They're they're just very helpful, and uh, it is important, I think, for kids to realize that we need to take care of our earth. Yeah, and I think that you know, for me too, as I grow older, I think that you start to appreciate the land around you in a different way. Yes. And like, yeah. especially growing up in a rural area, you know, if you're not someone that's on a farm every day, it's easy to kind of look past those things and kind yeah. of just see the fields and kind of literally look past it and look over them. But growing to appreciate them, but also realizing just like in Northern Illinois, we have like a really beautiful environments and getting to know the forest preserves and the yeah. prairies and the rivers. Right. I think it's actually like under discussed how beautiful some right. places are. Yes. And you know, we're lucky we have, uh, we have the state park, right? Right. Just a little ways away from our school, you know, right. it's, 
and and I do know that students and families use that quite often, but we it's just very fortunate for us to have this area and you know we want to protect it and we want to take care of it and that's part of farming and my husband always says you know for a farmer earth day is every day <laughs> that's what he'll yeah. tell me okay yes you're right we're, we're trying <laughs> to instill that yes yes that's him Ooh. getting his little education thing yeah. in, you know there you go good, <laughs> good, good. The family. <laughs> You know, you're a second grade teacher and you've taught throughout elementary and pre-K. What's something about elementary school that you wish more people knew? That there's a lot of energy and I feel like, I and I try to tell my daughters this too. Well, my one daughter is elementary, but my high, my daughter that teaches high school, so like, I don't know how, it, there's so much energy and so much excitement, it really keeps me feeling younger, I guess. It's like you you could be thinking your day's going to be, you know, you've had a rough morning getting to work or whatever, but when those students start coming through the door, you really find the joy in, in, I, can't really explain how uh, that comes about, but I think it's just uh, their excitement and energy. There's so much energy that they bring, and uh, there's something new every day. <laughs> something new every day. Something new every day. Yeah. There you go. I think that's a, a perffect place to, to end it. Susan, that was all I had for you. Thank oh. you so much. It was it was such a pleasure to get to talk to you and congratulations on oh. your retirement upcoming and I'm excited to to hear how that how that's gonna go. But we don't have to, you know, think about that right now. Right now, nope. just enjoy what you've got left, you that's know? That's right. I'm enjoying every day and and you know, we're going, we're moving forward with that. But I sure appreciate you talking with me and uh, putting up with all my stories. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's it, what I came here for. Yes, 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 you did. But thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to Teacher's Lounge. As always, feel free to nominate a teacher in your life to be on the show. It's how we get all of our great guests like Susan. You can send them our way to teacherslounge at niu.edu. And wherever you're hearing this podcast, please do subscribe, leave us a rating or share it. Whatever you can do, it's the best way to help us get even more perspectives on this show. You can subscribe to the Teacher's Lounge newsletter if you want to keep up to date with everything having to do with the show. You can find a link to do that on this episode's page over at WN. NIJ.org. Big thank you to the Northern Illinois band Kind Ups for the music you hear each and every episode of the show. I've been your host, Peter Medlin, and we'll be back with a brand new Teacher's Lounge very soon. See ya.